0: This week's Torah portion gives us the roundup of the length of years of Sarah, of Avraham, and of Yishmol. In the beginning of the Torah portion of Sarah we learn the number of years that Sarah lived. In Perk Chav Gimel, chapter 23, Posok Zion, verse 7, we read, And the days of Sarah, were 100 years, and 20 years, and 7 years. At the conclusion of the Torah portion, in chapter 25, verse 7, we read, and these are the days of the years of Avram's life, 100 years, and 70 years, and 5 years. And then in chapter 25, verse 17, we read, and these were the years of the life of Yishmol, 100 years, and 30 years, and 7 years. Something most unusual in Rashi's explanation in Torah is though regarding all three, Sarah, Avram, and Yishmol, the Torah states year or years, when enumerating the hundred years or the tens, or enumerating the single-digit years, 100 years and 20 years and 7 years for Sarah, 100 years and 70 years and 5 years for Avram, and regarding Yishmol, 100 years, 30 years, and 7 years, Rashi explains the word years differently for each of them. When speaking of Sarah's years, Rashi explains, for this reason, the Torah writes years each time to tell us that each enumeration is to be expounded upon individually, and that when Sarah was 100 years old, she was like a 20-year-old regarding her purity, free of sin, and when she was 20, she was like a 7-year-old in regards to beauty. Regarding Avram, Rashi says at 100, he was like a 70-year-old, and at 70 years old, he was as a 5-year-old without sin. So in regards to Avram, we only learn one thing from mentioning years each time, in addition to what we are taught regarding Sarah. Unlike with Sarah, where Rashi explains two things, her being free from sin and her beauty, only one thing is taught about Avraham's years, one quality, and that is that when Avraham was seven years old, he was like five years of age without sin. When it comes to Yishmol, Rashi doesn't explain the word usage and repetition of the mm-hmm. word years at all. Lots of commentators explain at length and with much discussion the diff- different ways that Rashi explains these three verses and why. But in addition to the challenges in their explanations, there's a general question that needs addressing, which is that as there's clearly not a simple answer for Rashi's explanation and the different ways that he addresses these verses, Rashi, whose explanations are also for the cognitive capacity of a five-year-old Torah student, should have been clear in his explanations so that no doubt remains in regarding to the intention of his explanation. It must then be that Rashi's intention is clearly understood from the words that Rashi uses in his explanations, and nothing needs to be added. So what is the explanation that is clear in Rashi? How do we understand this? Regarding Sarah, Rashi says, the reason the word years was written after each number is to tell you that every number in the years of her life is to be expounded upon individually, that the word Shana, years, that is put in the Pasuk at each point indicates that each point of her life is to be expounded upon. This then tells us that when the Torah tells us the years of Avraham's life, there too, adding the word years at each point. There too, each point of Abraham's life is to be expounded upon individually, and two details are to be gleaned. In that case, when Rashi tells us regarding Abraham that when he was hundred years old he was like seventy, Rashi's intention is not just a beginning to the next detail that at seventy he was like a five-year-old in regards to purity, but there is a separate lesson there. Rashi doesn't tell us that lesson, and that's because the verse itself tells us the significance of this. When Rashi said to Av- when God said to Avraham that he will merit a son from his wife Sarah, we learn that Avraham said to himself, "'Will one who is a hundred years old produce a child?' He was surprised that he would be able to have a child at this advanced age of 100 years. And there, Rashi explains, then in the lifetime of Avraham, of Abraham, people's lifespans were shortening as the strength of the world had weakened, and the age at which people were having children was ending earlier and earlier. People were having children at 60 and at 70. Accordingly, we clearly understand how at 100, Avraham was like 70, despite the fact that the world had weakened, weakened, and people were not having children at 100, but at 70, Avraham wasn't weakened, and in fact had Yishmol at 80, and at 100, he was like 70. Now we can better understand Rashi's explanation on the words that Avraham uttered in surprise Will I have a child at a hundred? In which Rashi tells us that Avram considered this an eternal kindness that God was performing for him. Regarding Sarah, however, as she had ceased menstruating, it was impossible by nature for her to bear children, and a miracle was necessary for her to become pregnant with and to bear Yitzchak. In fact, she thought both she and Avraham could no longer have children. And she mentions Avraham when she responds to the news that the angel brings her, that she would have a son. The verse tells us she laughed, wondering how she could conceive when she was no longer fertile, and how her husband Avraham can have a child as he was an old man. And this point answers a big question as to why Rashi doesn't explain anything in regards to the children Avram had with Keturah more than 40 years after Yitzchak's birth. This is not mentioned as a miracle at all. This idea is already covered in the words, at 100 he was like 70. Avram's fertility had not weakened. And so he had a child at 100, and even later, just as he remained pure and sin-free, and at 70 was like five, he wasn't weakened in his lifetime, and at 100 was like 70, as the Torah tells us. This difference between Avram and Sarah, Avram, who didn't become weakened, and Sarah, who needed a miracle, also clarifies the differences in Rashi's explanations. In the portion of Vayera, In chapter 21, verse 7, we read that Sarah was grateful to God and said, who would have said that Sarah would nurse children? Rashi explains this plural term of children, saying that on the day that Yitzchak was weaned, Avraham made a celebration, and princesses brought their children along without their nursemaids, because they doubted that the child was Sarah's because of her age, believing instead that she had brought in a foundling a foundling from the street. And on the verse in the beginning of the portion of Teildes that tells us that Avraham begot Yitzchak, Rashi tells us that the Torah tells us this, Because the scoffers and scorners of the generation said that the child was conceived not through Avram, but from Avimelech, as for many years Sarah and Avram had not conceived. And so God made Yitzchak, Rashi tells us, look like Avram, and so all knew that Yitzchak was Avram's son. Why does Rashi tell us in regards to Sarah that the princesses, the women of lineage and importance, claimed Sarah didn't bear the child? Regarding Avram, Rashi says that the fools and scoffers of the generation said the child wasn't Avram's, but Avimelech's. Also, Sarah's nursing children is proof that she bore a child, but it doesn't prove that the child is Avram's. And the princesses could scoff like the others who scoffed at Avram's saying that Avimelech had made her pregnant because they too knew Avram was a hundred years old. In fact, the question is greater yet. In the Talmud, this is presented as one discussion. The Talmud states, Reb Levi says, that day when Avram weaned his son Yitzchak, he prepared a great celebratory feast. All of the nations of the world were gossiping and saying to each other, See this old man and old woman who brought a foundling into their home from the market and are saying, he is our son. And they're making a big feast to bolster their claim. So Avram went and invited all the great men of the generation, and Sarah invited their wives. Their wives brought their children and didn't bring their nursemaids. And a miracle occurred, and Sarah nursed all these children. Still, People were gossiping, saying, "If Sarah at ninety-nine can give birth, it doesn't mean that Avram at a hundred can father a child." Immediately, the countenance of Yitzchak transformed and became like that of Avram. Everyone then said, "Avram fathered Yitzchak." This explains that at first the princesses only wondered about Sarah's ability past the age of fertility to have a child, but they knew that Yishmol had been born to Avram at the age of 86, so it wasn't that surprising that he had a child at 100. Therefore, too, it was just the foolish scoffers and not the important folk who challenged whether the child was Avram's. They were just finding something to scoff at, claiming that the child was Abimelech's. Now let's turn to the fact that there is no explanation at all about the quality of years in the verse in chapter 25 that tells us that Ishmael lived 100 years, 30 years, and 7 years. Again, mentioning years at each point in the verse. At this juncture, the mention of years each time is self-understood. Yishmol had repented his ways at age 30, and so at 100 he was like 30, unweakened, and at 30, like 7, having done tshuva. And we know this from the verse regarding Avraham, who was unweakened at the age of 100 and was like 70. But we then need to understand Rashi's explanation regarding the words. These were the years of the life of Yishmol. What does Rashi say? Why were Yishmol's years counted, Rashi tells us? To trace through them the years of Yaakov. For from the years of Yishmol we learn that Yaakov studied in the yeshiva of Aver for 14 years after he left his father before arriving at Levan, Because when Yaakov left his father, Yishmol died. As if to say in delineating the years of Yishmo, the purpose is not in regards to Yishmo himself, but so that we can trace the years of Yaakov. But this explanation that Rashi gives us really doesn't tell us why each number of years is marked, 100 years, 30 years, and 7 years. Thus, we must say that that, that question isn't really a question at all. Once we have the explanation of Rashi regarding Avraham, it's rather, why do we have this accounting of Yishmael's life altogether in Torah? As the five-year-old Torah scholar knows, that the Torah only teaches what is significant. We don't even have the details of the lives of Chaneich and Mesushelach, who were righteous, more righteous than Yishmael. And so Rashi says, Why? This is here to help us trace the years of our forefather Yaakov. According to this, we can understand that though the word years follows each point of Ishmael's life, and Rashi's explanation is about the life of Yaakov, the significance in the word years following each point of Yishmael's life is to juxtapose Yaakov's years against Yishmael's, to highlight the greatness of Yaakov, which was completely different to the years of Yishmol, to explain. The change in Yishmol in a hundred years was that he was a Balchava. As Rashi explains in the portion of Lech Lecha, Yishmol repented during Avram's lifetime, and when Avram died, Yishmol was 89 years old. Despite this, Rashi says, until the term Vayigva, and he expired, which is mentioned in our Torah portion, Regarding Yishmol, which Rashi says is a term used only regarding the righteous, Yishmol cannot be compared to the righteousness of Yaakov. The quality of 30 years is that of strength, when one's strength would normally wane at the age of 60 or 70. A five-year-old too knows that a 30-year-old is at his peak strength, and when Yishmol was 30, he was at his peak strength. Nevertheless, Yishmol's strength is cannot be compared to that of Yaakov, when, at 77, Yaakov removed the stone for Rachel to fill her jug at the well, and this was only a description of his physical strength. Then, there is the seven years that the Torah talks about, which we understand again from Rashi's explanation about the years of Avraham, that the years, the seven years of life of Yishmael, refer to purity of sin, as a child is free of sin. We might think that in this detail of the seven years, Yishmol and Yaakov at seven, both children, is equal. But the Torah tells us that even regarding this, even regarding the purity of children, one cannot draw a comparison between Yishmol and Yaakov because the very essence of Yishmol is different to Yaakov. Yishmol was the son of the maidservant, and so in every detail, Yaakov is different to Yishmol, completely holier than Yishmol in every way. Therefore, Yishmol's years are not counted other than to trace the years of Yaakov.